This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. They've won their first ever Champions League title and, and unfortunately for Manchester United fans, they have completed the treble. And lucky for us on Kicked Back and Sunday League Pundits today presented by Betway, we have two Manchester United fans who I wonder, are you guys crying right now? Or are you like, okay, let's give City some credit where credit is due. Boys, talk to me. Uh, Brett and I have different emotions. He's probably unhappy at this point. <laughs> I just, I, I don't care. It was bound to happen. Oh, you're such a fake fan. I, I don't. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's the case. I, I think it's the fact that maybe Brett is more emotionally invested in United compared to me. I think you know. I used. I, I'll admit. I, in the last couple of years, I haven't been as emotionally invested as I was once was. You know, it's it's just how it is. Like I like Manchester United. Yeah, they're always giving my yeah. Premier League side, but I'm never good. I, I don't know. I, sure. I, 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 this right here is not sweat. They're tears. They are tears <laughs> because the amount of messages I've already received of oh Manchester is blue. This and that. I've had Manchester fans or Manchester City fans message me going oh thank you congratulations big win blah blah blah. It is not a fun time. It, we have had how many years of mediocrity as Manchester United and the only thing we've been able to dangle over City fans is the treble and now even Liam Peace from uh, SLP has been going this might be greater than the 99 United this is worse this is worst case scenario for United fans what you know what um I want to just right off the top, give inter credit because I believe in our episode prior to this final, you know, we agreed that inter was going to put up a fight. There were so many fans who were saying, Oh, it's going to be a five, nothing game. Even Gareth Bale before this champions league final said that city would win five, nothing. And I'm like, no, this inter team is hard, tough, you know, resilient. Brozovic, I think played so well today. You know, he did such, he does the dirty work defensively and you get other players who do the same thing. Bastoni, you know, Barella, just a hard team. Uh, And I do think that city didn't play their best game today. And I credit inter for that a little bit, but even when City's not playing their best, they find a way to win. And I thought John Stones was incredible today. I thought that, you know, uh, even in a, I would have liked to see Julian Alvarez come onto the pitch and, and add something more for City, but 
This is a team just top to bottom. Ederson at the beginning of the game started off super shaky towards the dying minutes. He's like their MVP. You know, it's just a team that even if you're not seeing their most vintage city performance from this season of, of just being a five out of five star team, they find a way to get it done and they absolutely deserve to win the treble. And now I hope our next conversation uh, at a later time will be Erling Holland winning the Ballon d'Or because yeah. That's loading. As soon as they he lifted, I watched him lift the trophy, and that was the first thing that I thought was our conversation with that is I mean, he, he borderline has to, right? I it's a flip-flop between the first half of the year to the second half of the year is who's going to be the the right yeah. in Ballon d'Or, and it has to be Holland, right? But we know my my ailments towards Holland in big games. And I think he was good. He's getting paid a lot of money to score goals. And I think he failed at that today. Not to say he wasn't influential in certain ways, but there's still the reason why he, he didn't score and was still influential is because every team that goes up against city is making their game plan around that big Norwegian lab <laughs> because it's, and then because city is so stacked, you get guys like Rodri, Graylish, uh, uh, Bernardo Silva, all these guys, a Gundawan who can go and contribute and score at any moment. Absolute bangers and win them a champions league trophy it's it's an absolute credit to city yeah i uh i think holland you know the commentators hit it right on the money when he had that one really good chance uh i don't know if it was kevin de bruyne who slotted that ball to him in the first half and he kind of had a tough angle where he he got off a pretty good shot um but it was saved by the inter goalkeeper but his movement is so quick. His movement is so intelligent. Nothing is done accidentally. His, Mm -hmm. his spatial awareness is something that, you know, people are always like, he's scoring tap-ins and, and, and whether or not you feel that way, there needs to be credit given to him for how he positions himself into those, in those moments and, and makes himself available to receive that ball or even slightly adjusts his body to have a lane. And I think, you know, even when he's not scoring in a game, He's making really yeah. impactful movements that make it very difficult for a back line. And, you know, whether he scored in, in the last couple Champions League games or not, his goal scoring record has been nuts this season. Right. So yeah, he to me is what he's done in his in his debut season in the Prem and especially with City. I just I'm still in shock by that oh, guy. It's only 22. Yeah, consider that. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, you know, the way you look at Holland, the way he plays, I think he he's someone, like you said, he recognizes spatial awareness. He knows how to get in behind defenders. I think maybe the weakness in this game is that maybe he's not great at, you know, one on ones going at defenders with the ball. Mm-hmm. It's like an Mbappe. Right. Like, but then again, that's that's just how he's built as a, a yeah. forward. Like, you know, I, I typically like I was watching that final I think there was times where he had the ball and I think the inter defenders had a slightly easier time they understood how to read him a bit better but he still got that shot off at, you know if he got that goal different game right so that's Stoney and, uh, I'm sorry I was just going to say Bastoni and Acherby have uh, I, played yeah. fantastic on, on I mean, honestly honestly the, the, the reason why Inter lost I don't think it was because of the center backs no, I don't know. Their defense, their back line, I thought was fine for the most part. I think at, at the end, I mean, we could talk. I don't know if we want to bring up now is uh, uh, Rodri's okay. goal. But well, uh, that that came down to the two midfielders in front of Rodri. You know, I think it was Darmian and Kalinoglu. I, I think, you know, 
Darmian, I don't know what he was doing, but if he just turned his back to the right, he could have just blocked that shot. Same with Kalinoglu. I mean, I think Kalinoglu didn't see the ball, but like, I, I think those two players could have done a lot better on that shot. It was, it was an extremely good goal too. It was, it was. Rodri kind of, yeah, just unleashed that. I think that's his second ever Champions League goal. His first one was a monster. Yeah. This one, this one was critical, obviously. Uh, and I, I agree with Waz, you know, Inter, I don't think Inter had a bad... I think that they were solid. Yeah. I think where they lacked is they needed more threat up top. And, you know, you kind of hope to see that a little bit from Martinez a more. And then I like Lukaku, but you'd hope to see a little yeah. bit more. And, and Lukaku was unlucky when, you know, he blocked DeMarco's shot. You know, like, that's so unfortunate. They hit the crossbar. Ederson, like I said, came up so clutch in the last the dying moments of the game. It was just that they were missing that type of, like, Julian Alvarez, Holland, you know, type of player to just kind of be more of a threat. This is what I'll say about Lukaku's game. I thought he... You know, he obviously kind of shot Inter in the foot a bit, but at the same time, it felt like he was the only one doing anything up front, creating chances. I think Latara Martinez had one chance maybe in the first half, but when Lukaku came on, he was a bit of a presence, but he just didn't have that. He, I don't know why he lacks that finishing touch at times. He has that Anthony Martial touch, baby. I genuinely sit there and watch him and go, what does Lukaku do? I I, I swear, every (laughs) time I tune into an intermatch, he doesn't score. He's just there. And in the way, he's taking absolutely ridiculous shots. The third attempt that he had just almost flew all the way back into uh, Istanbul's city center. It was awful. The, the, the header is interesting because I'm thinking like, okay, do we, sure Lukaku could have done better, but is, is that all he could have really done? Like he got he got the header, he got the power, the, the placement. I don't know how much more he could have done there. Do you also give credit to you know Ederson for making a beautiful stop? Like it, there's a lot of things you have to consider in there. It's like is that really did Lukaku could he have done more? I don't know. I think Martinez was, you mentioned like his one really good chance. He should have passed that to Lukaku. Yeah, I guess he should have, you know, I know that in that moment, the striker typically wants the glory and I get it right. It's their job to get those goals, but man, Lukaku was right there. It could, there's just a few things. Like, Mm. I think that's where it enters weakness lied. And even sometimes, you know, their combination play was really good. And you know, they're how they stopped city at times from being super dangerous and, and got into those last minute tackles, but it was just almost, that final third pass and generating that final third attack that lacked and you know you need that break and I don't think they really capitalized on those chances today but again they were unlucky because that crossbar (laughs) Lukaku (laughs) being a brick wall on the rebound you know (laughs) it's just you need a little bit of luck in those games and they didn't have it. If we, we go back to kind of the first half, Ederson was looking like he was going to oh be Manchester God. City's enemy. What Honestly, was happening? <laughs> like, whoa. That's, it, it was so, I'm like, are we going to, what game was it? Real Madrid, Liverpool? Liverpool, where it was, 18. Yeah, Allison yes. and Courtois. I don't think it was Allison. Was it Allison? No, yeah, it was, it was Liverpool, loose. Real Madrid. No, it, it, it was the, it was the most recent Darius. champions. Like, oh, was like it? This, okay, this yeah. I, I thought you were talking about um the Carius. No, yeah, but yeah. everyone was saying Allison Becker was like channeling his inner Carius. It was this Champions League campaign where I believe Real Madrid was at Anfield and Becker was messing up and Courtois was messing up, and you're like, we're seeing the best goalies in the world 
like really fumble here. Yeah. And I, and I was watching the champions league final and I'm like today and I'm like, Oh gosh, Ederson, like, don't be, don't, don't do it, man. I hate when it comes down to like a really bad goalkeeping performance. Cause you know, that that obviously would just weigh on the goalie. Um, but it's also very admirable how he started the game off like that and then finished the way he did. It just goes to show you how mentally strong he is. It's not easy to kind of transition from, you know, you're, you're, you had a shaky start to then really keep your team in it. So shout out to Ederson. Cause that was nuts. Unbelievable save uh, at the end there. Just, uh, I was out of my seat. I was, I was, I thought that was in the net and the save was, and that'll go down as almost as legendary as that Emmy Martinez world cup save. I think, I think that image of him making that oh, yeah. stop will be all over Manchester city and the Etihad stadium forever. Is Pep the best manager in the in the history of football? No. Oh, oh that's tough. That's tough. No, 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 no. Because he's never been able to do it at a club like Aberdeen. He's been able to go to, to Barcelona. He went to Bayern Munich. He was able to have all these massive budgets. And even if you're failing at these clubs, you're still probably finishing top three in most of those clubs. So really, are you really failing if you take a look at it? He's a fantastic manager, a tactical genius, and there's a reason why he just won a treble and is as successful as he is. But he hasn't been able to prove in difficult, real difficult situations of being that manager. So, no, he's not the greatest of all time. Is he in the, the conversation? Absolutely. And he deserves to be. But he absolutely is not. I think it's tough because I think if you really break it down and, you know, take a good look at everything Pep's done with Barcelona mm-hmm. to now, there, there, there is that argument just considering what he did with the Barcelona side, what he's done with the Man City side. Everybody likes to bring up the money. But, like, I mean, Pep Guardiola has never had to be in a situation where he had to go start at an Aberdeen, for example, right? Like, yeah. you got to give him credit. Like, Barcelona saw, hey, this guy's actually good enough to coach Barcelona. They gave him the keys and, like, you know, you could also argue would Matt would Messi be the same player without Pep Guardiola in his life? You know, there's a lot of those like little it factors with Pep Guardiola. I, I do agree with Brett. I do like the Aberdeen factor with um, Sir Alex Ferguson, considering what Sir Alex Ferguson had to do, the conditions he had to train with. I think when Ferguson was coaching Aberdeen, he didn't even have like a proper training facility. They had to go to the school pitch and use the money Crazy, fields. Yeah. And then, you know, they, they had to go take on Real Madrid. It's, it's, it, it was obviously a different era, different environments. Football is so much different back in the 70s. So it's, it's tough to say. I would say in the modern era, though. Fair. Yeah. yeah. I agree with that. And I, I always say this too, right? Like you can't compare different eras in, yeah. in any sport. It's so, you, you just can't because the quality, everything changes, right? And and circumstances change, change and it's just tough to do. The one thing, sorry, Caroline. Like, Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, Sir Alex, like we bring up eras. He's the one guy who was able to manage in like three different eras. True. 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, right? Like, so with Pep Guardiola, we've, we've seen him coach since what 2008 seven so it's tough to say but it's it's remarkable what he's done because we've seen teams spend millions billions chelsea i'm sorry united and they're not they're not racking in the trophies like pep Guardiola. even manchester city 
before Pep Guardiola, they weren't racking in trophies. They were winning Premier Leagues, FA Cups, but they were struggling in the Champions League. And I mean, I'll be they struggled in the Champions League with him a little bit here and there. But like, I don't know, he's really developed just a very good environment, a winning culture. Yeah. And I, I don't know if that, that also goes down to the recruitment factor of the Manchester City. They're, they're just a really well-run club. And I hate to say that because, you know, I, I know – you know, Greta said, "Oh, this, you know, I, I don't hate seeing them, but it does feel like this Champions League victory feels hollow in a sense. It's weird. Yeah. That, that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> yeah, no, I think Pep deserves a lot of credit. Uh, you know, he's built. I don't think we talk enough about about how he's built this city team, and he's put these final pieces together to get it done. Holland was an amazing piece to the puzzle, which you know they got for a good price tag. And Kevin De Bruyne today, the the best player arguably on on City, came out with an injury, which is so terrible to see, but. They just still have such depth and quality to get the job done. You know, again, I'll mention John Stones, you know, the position he's been playing in and how he's kind of filled that role. Amazing. Gundogan, another one who's been absolutely incredible. Grealish has Grealish has stepped up this season. You know, it's just been Bernardo Silva. This guy's just so such a magician. There's so many players on this pitch for City that if, let's say, a Kevin De Bruyne or a Holland or, you know, the top guys, like the real top guys get injured, there's people to easily funnel through and fill their position because you know if Holland's injured Julian Alvarez is coming in and scoring a goal and Pep deserves a lot of credit for that because it is without a doubt that City's the best team in the world and Uh, go ahead Waz I I was just going to say you mentioned Gundogan I was really happy to see him lift the trophy because back in 2013 he lost to Bayern Munich with Dortmund so I had I had a soft spot for that Dortmund team back then so to see him finally win it is awesome I wish he was with Dortmund but Jack Grealish I know Brent you don't like him I just like the guy I like the way he moves I like the way he plays also I question does Jack Grealish even wear shin pads he doesn't 100% he doesn't is that even their iPod their uh, AirPod cases that's all they are can I play like that two AirPod cases down his socks and that's all they are I like Grealish because he's a disruptor that guy disrupts you know everyone gets annoyed because he always complains when he gets pulled down I don't think it's at the level of a Bernardo Silva so it's uh, sorry not Bernardo Silva um, as a Bruno Fernandez like it's not to that extreme but it is enough to kind of get the team going the opponents going you know emotion into the game and I think he's a disruptor and I've really really enjoyed watching him this season I think he's been really good now Jack Grealish is the type of player that you hate to play against but love to have on your team yeah Yeah. he's just the epitome of of like you said a disruptor He, he is great at creating fouls and creating set pieces for your team, getting under the player, uh, the opposition skin. Like we talked about it in the semifinals, the, the battle that he had with, uh, was it Carvajal? Was it, I, mm-hmm. I can't remember who it was in the semifinals, but, uh, yeah, he, he's just, again, the Jack Grealish is a player you love yeah. to have on your team, but hate mm-hmm. to play. Against. I, I remember when, um, I first saw him with Villa when they first got promoted back to the Premier League. I'm like, who is this Jack Grealish guy? I love watching him play. He's electric. And obviously he hasn't been, you know, he, he hasn't had the same responsibility at Matt City like he did at Aston Villa. So I don't, that's why I don't think he's as, you know, as potent. I don't know if that's the right word to say. Um, but uh, I don't know. He's just a fun player to watch. Uh, also, um, I think we should touch on Kevin De Bruyne. Got a feel for him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. 
Like he gets um, injured. I I think that was a muscle injury. He probably got uh, second Champions League final that he's played where he's got, come, come come off injured. Uh, but then credit to Phil Foden who came on and almost yeah. scored a beautiful goal. Yep. So but that's what I mean. The depth on this city team it's is ridiculous. crazy. It's crazy, right? Like you you hear Phil Foden, and you're like, okay, this guy could still score a goal, get the job done, do what he needs to do. Maybe not replace De Bruyne in the sense of like he's not the best midfielder in the world, arguably with Modric, like De Bruyne is, but he'll get the job done. Oh, yeah. and Kyle Walker didn't start either, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> that was interesting. I Cause I, I, I was pre- so surprised. Yeah. Like Kyle Walker's one of my, my opinion, the best right backs in the world. So it's yeah. like, okay, well, but then again, also like when we talk about Pep Guardiola, the fact that he's able to put, put someone like John stones in the midfield and he's just absolutely <laughs> incredible. Like, what? So like I genuinely would make the, the argument that John stones was the MVP of this match. Was, was, was yeah. Everywhere on that pitch. At one point he was at the top of the box, almost in a banger from outside of the box. Uh, it, it, you're sitting there going, who is this guy? And but, by the end of it, when he's walking off the pitch, half this Jersey is ripped. Like yeah. that is the type of player that you need yeah. to win champion champion. And, you look at you look at the depth of Man City, like their bench. It was Kyle Walker, Phil Foden, Calvin Phillips, Imerica Port, Julian yeah. Alvarez, Mares, um, yeah, yeah. Cole Palmer, and then you'd Scott, Scott Carson who won the, his second Champions League. Yeah. It's, no, it's crazy. Scott Carson Scott Carson now has more Champions League than Spurs. Um <laughs> This this stat just dropped. City have invested heavily into winning their first Champions League trophy at 1.24 billion euros. Like that's oh not goodness. Yeah, where does the money come from? I don't know, but wow. Now, now that's another. Oh, sorry, uh, that that was actually something I wanted to bring up. What do you guys think of this narrative that? Football is now dead. That it's over. I, I, because Manchester City won the Champions League, they won the treble. Like, it's not even just United fans, it's even Liverpool fans. There's fans across the globe that are not Manchester City. Like, football is dead because this shallow, hollow money oil club won the Champions League. It's gonna happen. Yeah, it's exactly it. I mean, I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Every, see, Brett and I were talking about this the other day. Where are all these clubs getting all of this money? It's just going to start happening. It, here's the thing is if Real Madrid just wanted trouble, no one would be saying anything. Yeah. Everyone would say, you know, the best club in the world did it. I mean, City has haters and, and you know, no one wanted to see City win their first ever Champions League title. And they've had an incredible season from top to bottom. And like even them finding a way to win the Premier League when Arsenal was leading the whole way, you know, they've just done it. And I think people don't like to see, you know, I I guess a club that they don't like do well and they have to put their stuff aside because for me right now as an AC Milan fan, of course, I don't want to see Inter have any kind of success, but at the same time, you know, you have to give them the most credit, you know, and even Serie A. And even though AC Milan wasn't a part of, you know, the Serie A narrative where, you know, you have three Italian teams in a Champions League final, Europa League final, and a Conference League final, I'm still able to give other teams credit. And I think people need to just not be so serious about it. Football's not dead. If anything, football's like... Re- reignited we're definitely shifting into a different era of football like for example like Saudi Arabia spending so much money on these players they're investing yeah. heavily into their domestic league now with Messi going to MLS yeah. we'll see what the you know impact of that will be in like five years by the World Cup in 2026 so it's going to be interesting what happens with football not just in Europe because the Champions League is also changing its format uh, to come here soon I don't know if it's the upcoming season or the year after. So uh, get ready, football fans, because things are going to be, it's going to be different. Change, the nobody th- likes change at first. The thing is, too, here is I think it's the beginning of what football will be. We talk about the money that yeah. Manchester City is getting, or where they're getting their money from. PSG is the same thing. Yep. Uh, you're seeing the spending that Chelsea had this year from their new yeah. owner. And now Manchester United is probably going to get sold to a Qatari owned or owned. So Brett, uh, Newcastle, you can throw into the hat as well. Newcastle. There you go. Exactly. And there, there's more even in the French league. I don't want to throw out team names just to throw out team names, but there are more teams around Europe that are also being bought by very deep pocketed owners. And we're going to start seeing teams that are going to be investing like city has. And look at what even happened was you said with Newcastle, they were almost relegated last year and now they're in a champions league spot. And it's not like they went out and bought Neymar and Mbappe, like everybody joked they would, they made smart decisions and smart investments with that money still, but we know where the money is coming from still. And I think that is going to be the future of this game. And it'll be interesting to, to, to see, but if we're seeing games and players and teams like we've seen now, why complain? Because this is a great time for football. Yeah. And, and, you know, again, like was said, no one likes change at first, but it, things need to change for things to progress, right? You can't stay stagnant. And it is cool to see Messi come to MLS. You know, if you're 
uh, a European football fan and you don't agree, now you're going to have to watch MLS and see maybe, oh, okay, this isn't as bad as I thought it was. And, you know, Messi having a stake in Apple and Adidas and Inter Miami. Like it's crazy to think that things like this are going to start happening. Now you have Modric rumored going to the Saudi pro league. Cause he got a really good offer on the table. You're going to start seeing these players maybe start funneling into different leagues. You know, money is going to start becoming one of the biggest parts of the conversation, but Brett, you mentioned Chelsea and, you know, Todd Bowley money can't buy success and money can't win your game. So it's, that's true. That's where you got to give city credit. So for everyone, you know, football's dead and whatnot. Yeah. They might have a lot of money, but look what Pep was able to do with the money and the players and, you know, his strategy and tactics and the team that he's built that a Todd Bowley and the 19,000 managers Chelsea's had this season couldn't do right. So people need to relax. I mean, again, I'm, I like city. I'm, I, I definitely don't have anything against city, but I would never, you know, assume that football's dead. I'm like, wow, this is a cool storyline. It's so awesome to see Pep get this. So curious to see if Holland wins the Ballon d'Or, you know, Kevin De Bruyne deserves this. Like people just got to relax. Yeah. I think it's going to be more interesting to see like how, how long can this kind of domination last with under Pep Guardiola and Manchester yeah. city? Cause well, what if there comes a time where Pep Guardiola says, says, you know, what? I'm kind of done. I want to, I've done everything I can. What if I want to go try the international stage? I doubt he'll do that. Well, uh, you know, the, it's, it's interesting. You know, Pep Guardiola, enter Miami. Yeah. Oh my God. I was just about to say, could you imagine if Come Pep got to enter Miami? Well, he loves Messi. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be that. Oh, oh no, Caroline, careful. We're going oh. to get a whole bunch of MLS supporters going, but I, I that would be so sick. A brand new Phil, uh, Phil Neville. That'd be well, insane. you know, I, I know we're talking about the Champions League, but MLS has been kind of relevant. I, while they, they have gotten arguably two, one of the best players of all time, time yeah must they've never had like a top coach ever go to that league i'm pretty sure they've never had a guardiola a Mourinho, an ancelotti so i don't know if that would play a factor or change you no that could be next messy the messy effect into mls i think is going to be a lot bigger than what we are even anticipating right it's yeah. it just takes one player like a messi or ronaldo to go into these leagues for other mm. players to feel confident to, to go as well and I think in a couple of years, I don't even think it's going to take long. We're already going to be talking about the messy effect and, and how it's yeah. completely changed MLS for the better. And, well, and yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised if we saw maybe a manager towards the end of his managerial career be like, I'd like to finish in, in major league soccer because it's a little bit more of a relaxed schedule or pace. And that'd be crazy for us. Yeah. I, I like, I actually like that we shifted to this MLS conversation because I've, I've, I've been this, this whole messy thing has been awesome to follow along. Oh, it's Cause, awesome. Cause I, I'm loving the haters. There's like one side like the European fan base. They can't accept that Messi's going there. Like, Oh, he's finished. Oh, the Ronaldo fans are like, Oh, my goat there was in Serie A at 35. And I know. That's like, who cares at this point? But like, We've never seen a player of Messi's stature ever go to the MLS. Yeah, Beckham's got when Zlatan went. We've had like top players go from Europe to MLS, but we've never had someone that's been hailed the greatest of all time go yeah. to MLS. Yeah, the Pele did go to the Cosmos, but it didn't. It wasn't at this type of fanfare and this type of. And I think social media has a big thing to do with that as well. Yeah. But, um, 
kind of going back to the coaches too, though, with the MLS and potentially Canada and John Herdman, how long until he kind of starts to finish his tenure with Canada? And maybe how about obviously the favorites that we all talk about, Nancholotti. Maybe more coaches like Ancelotti could not only again with Messi coming to MLS take the growth of the US market but that also there's there's the Whitecaps there's Montreal there's Toronto there are these Canadian markets that there's still time there's chances there are scenarios that Messi could come up and play in CPL matches and CPL like I, this is how big and, and how far reaching that this could reach I, that uh, an Ancelotti could come to national. I, I do like how you bring up MLS and CPL, but I also consider it's like, well, will Messi even like play? Like, will they just bench him? Will he just, cause if it's a CPL, you know, it's a, it's one of those kind of matches, but you, you do bring up a good point. Also very excited to watch Messi play with Kamal Miller. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Um, I think that you know we had this conversation with Juan Pablo Varsky on on Kicked Back, presented by Betway, uh, and we were saying how North America now has Messi to MLS to look forward to the Copa America in 2024 Mm -hmm. and the world cup in 2026. And this is all happening in the backyard of North America. And this will not only bring more of an alert to fans, but it will also bring more of an alert for players, for managers. So I wouldn't be surprised if one day, you know, the Canadian national team is managed by Carlo Ancelotti, who's even said himself that he would like to, because his wife is Canadian, but I'm telling you more people are going to want to come this way to prepare for everything that's happening in North America. And again, the messy effect is going to start really progressing the sport of football here. You have basketball players who are like some of the best basketball players in the world tweeting, you know, messy welcome. Like there's going to be way more eyes on MLS, way more interest, way more. Like I got to go just to see Messi play. And when other players and other coaches start funneling in, it's going to change the landscape. And I, I don't think it's going to take that long that we're going to start seeing MLS, you know, what's kind of what you were saying. You were hoping that MLS would be even more so than the Saudi pro league considered a, a top league in the world. I don't think that that is impossible with someone like Messi going there in maybe the next five, 10 years. Yeah. And it's also interesting. Like it, maybe it's both the MLS and Saudi pro league that end up becoming these top leagues yes. in the world next to the premier league. And then, you know, that also considers, I think that makes this, the club world cup, the FIFA club world cup, a little bit more prestigious and more competitive because mm-hmm. you're so used to seeing European teams win that trophy between like, you know, a Brazilian side, but our MLS teams are going to start competing for the club world cup. Is the club world cup going to, get on par with the champions league one day. And you know, that's something to think about because every time someone wins the champions league, it's almost like, ah, they're probably going to win the club world cup as well. And the club world cup, in my opinion, is a very interesting tournament because, because you have all these clubs from like North America, Asia, uh, uh, wherever else, Brazil, like it's, it's awesome. Like, um, but I think the only issue Saudi and MLS have is they don't have that prestige factor that Europe has yeah. like the champions league or the premier league. Europe as a whole is always that kind of that destination where footballers want to go. So it's kind of like, how do you make Saudi MLS wherever a little bit more attractive aside from money, more prestigious? Well, I think that there's a lot 
that MLS offers. Like, I mean, yes. think about where Messi is going to live. Miami is sick. Miami mm. is such a hub for sports. You know, there's always something going on. The weather's phenomenal. His kids are going to get a good education. It's a family oriented, oriented place. The, the U.S. and Canada offer a lot. Saudi Pro League offers you a hell a ton of money, which, you know, if if you're maybe in the later years of your career, like you talk about a Benzema, a Modric, a Ronaldo, why wouldn't you consider taking that money for two seasons? Like, you, you, you know, being able to make that money in the la- later years of your career and then maybe being like, okay, now I can take care of my kids, kids, kids. That's mm-hmm. something that you would probably want to do. Um, so I think both sides offer different things, but the MLS does offer a lot more, you know, if, if maybe you're not necessarily getting the paycheck you could po- probably get elsewhere, it still offers you a lot in terms of a quality life. Like it's North America we're talking about. And also with uh, Messi, uh, Justin Andre, who is an old friend of the ninth minute way back, we, he used to be a TikToker. Well, he still does TikTok. But anyways, he said, on top of the money side, I think a lot of people underestimate the fact that Miami offers Messi more comfort. 7% of the population speaks Spanish, and he yeah. won't feel out of place with so many Argentinians living le- there. Uh, he's also also been a massive fan of Miami for holidays as well. So it just made sense. Yeah. I heard Neymar was telling him how much he's going to love it there and, you know, how much, you know, he's going to feel at home. So I'm telling you guys, more players are going to funnel, you know, Inter Miami obviously will fill up, but there's always Toronto FC and I know it's cold in Toronto, but if (laughs) if there's any pro footballers listening to this, make your way to BMO field and and we'll 100% have you. Well, I was, um, I I was talking to my friend the other day. It's like, you know, I got to plan a trip to either Toronto or Vancouver in 2024. I want to go see Messi play if I can. I know Vancouver's going to be very expensive just because of, uh, you know, Airbnbs, hotels, but like it might be worth it. BMO Field is so cool. Like I was able to go there this season to watch uh, TFC play Atlanta United and we got to go watch like Igiamakis go play and, and Tiago Almada and all these like a guy who won the World Cup. Like there is talent in the MLS already and mm-hmm. guys like Miguel Elmeron and we've seen uh, um, obviously Alfonso Davies and all these talents yeah. come out of the MLS. We can see a lot of talent come into the MLS too so uh, and be able to go and watch them live in our own backyard and you mentioned Caroline Miami you mentioned Toronto how about Los Angeles there's two yeah. teams in Los Angeles there's two teams in New York and New York yeah you got some you know and Atlanta has an unbelievable football present there the fans are crazy in the best way possible you know like Seattle Sounders fans like yes. people who don't watch yeah don't know and this is what i love about messi coming to mls is that people are going to be forced to watch and it's going to give them an opportunity to be like okay this may not be in europe but this is this is different than what i expected in a good way and we need to give this league a chance because the premier league wasn't built overnight you know like la liga wasn't built overnight and even the french league and the italian league you got to give mls some time and like 
Could you imagine if Di Maria now signed or Busquets yeah. or Alba? Or the Alba, yeah. You know, the, I, the, the, this is only going to enhance and, and create more buzz, kind of like what's been going on with the Saudi Pro League. So I'm I'm pumped. And to anyone who's listening to this who isn't a fan of MLS, just give it a chance. We welcome you. And I can't wait to start watching every I, single game. I can't wait for these European like fanboys to like get me shocked by the supporters at MLS. I mean, Cincinnati, they have a great supporters group as well. Yeah, I was watching do. one of their games like, oh, these guys are intense. Like also the MLS is going to continue expanding, which I, I don't know how far that can go because I know Vegas wants to bring in a team probably eventually here. Um, San Diego. San Diego. We should have a team here. Edmonton, because we have, we have such a big field. We do. Yeah. But I, I is that I, oh god, <laughs> FC Edmonton crumbled. We did get think into the FC Edmonton chat, hey, Wazzy. <laughs> the key to Edmonton ever having an MLS team, professional team, will probably be Alfonso Davies. Yes, that it, actually, it, it's a good point. Yeah, it, it would have to be Alfonso Davies, and and I think a, a fan backed ownership. because it it was such the games were fantastic but it was a matter of getting people to the games you do have that massive field but you got to get people's in people in the stadium but i mean if you can get the interest from alfonso davies from Lionel messi here you're probably gonna get bums and seats but at nashville too before games they have uh guitar solos a different artist comes out and does a special guitar solo like these are going to be so many unique things to different because United States are so big. The the culture in Portland is completely different from the culture in, in Charlotte. And, mm-hmm. and even Charlotte plays in an NFL stadium and they sell it out. Like it, yeah. it, it, this is going to be uh, an unbelievable, almost coming to age type thing, coming to God type thing for so many football fans of going, I've been missing this for how long? The terrific yeah. team shows, the, the flares, everything. The MLS I, I, into Miami place tonight. So, at sorry, Brett, I, I just feel like MLS at some point needs to really consider promotion relegation simply because yes. of the influx of teams. Because what are you going to have a 40 team league eventually? Like there's so many people who want to buy into this league, but there's already like 31, 32. I mean, it's going to be insane. Like I would like that. I'd like relegation because I think it's what makes the league fun, you know, yeah. knowing which team's going to survive, which team, you know, then next season needs to work to get back into the top league. Uh, I mean, I'm excited. I, I wanted to tell you guys in the first few seasons of Toronto FC, the fans, we were so crazy that when there was a corner kick by our fan section for the opposing team, there would be hot dogs thrown at them, beer, like streamers, anything that someone had in their hand was thrown at the player. And eventually it had to stop. Like, I think it was like after that one particular season, there were rules in place, but these are, it's just, these are fans that are so hungry. You know, there's a lot of European football fans in Canada, in the U.S. These are so many, you know, people who live in North America who are hungry to watch football. And even though it may not be at the level of the Premier League or the Bundesliga, it still gives us our, you know, football fix that we love and, mm-hmm. and we love our team. And it gives us a, a chance to support our team here in, in Canada and the U.S. And I think that, you know, 
we deserve some credit for that. You know, just because football didn't originate here in, in North America doesn't mean that we can't have a league and we can't enjoy our sport here and we can't love it. You know, it's, it's, I can't wait. Cause MLS Messi signing to MLS, I think brings a certain level of much needed respect. Like he, him signing to inter Miami affirms that MLS is a quality league and inter Miami has the potential to be a quality team. And now I'm excited to see if they're able to kind of climb the ranks and, and see where Messi can, can get them, you know, in terms of standing. So I'm the biggest fan of it. I, I was, I was for sure thinking he was going to Barcelona and David Beckham worked his magic and I'm the biggest fan of him going to MLS. A hundred percent. And then the one thing to just wrap up with relegation and MLS is uh, somebody I, I made that TikTok about relegation in North America and how it could work. And a lot of people are something that was brought up was the MLS is such a business driven uh, a league that it doesn't make sense. It's not a, a system that would work, but why, why wouldn't it work when it's been working for how long in, in Europe and all over the world? How is it not a business driven thing? It would be able to, if you're able to have, even if you keep 30 teams in that league and you drop what five each league, each season or three each season, you're still getting more money from the clubs that are going to be coming up into the MLS because you're selling more, more jerseys, more tickets, Mm -hmm. bigger names are coming into those, those stadiums. You're still going to be getting a lot of money no matter where you're going and who, what teams are going down. The funny thing is, is that, people go oh well if you look at the standings now into miami would get relegated they're the worst team yeah that's fair but relegation isn't going to start tomorrow there'd be so many things that would have the probably to be real the cpl if there were to be a relegation in north america would probably have to dissolve because so many teams in the the cpl would want to be in the mls because there's more money being driven in there and i think that the more realistic time for relegation to come into north america and the mls would be after the 2026 world cup uh, I mean, it's exciting times for us here, hey? Oh, We're getting so a lot of quality football. <laughs> it is fun to watch. It's The growth is amazing. I just, I hope, I, I, I just kind of hope it, it attracts a lot of more attention, more of an audience. You know, people actually care more about the MLS and take it a little bit more seriously because I think it's broad. A lot of people still don't take it seriously enough because they're kind of ignorant, in my opinion. So, <laughs> The only thing we need now is FIFA to change their World Cup logo. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, oh, okay. I, I, I was watching... Uh, I was watching the U twenty like FIFA World Cup, and they had they did a sh- they showed the presentation for the logo. I'm like, why was there like this whole presentation for the twenty twenty six freaking logo? They had dancers, they had fireworks. I'm like, what is this? Yeah. Why it's, it's, a logo. it's so early? It's so early, and it's a, a a copy and paste of the World Cup. I don't know. It's so bad, but with R nine there, like what? Yeah. I'm I'm like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> oh I do God. have. I do have one more thing just in regards to the growth of CONCACAF here. And this is more of kind of a a rumor, but this kind of goes with the growth that Lionel Messi can bring. There's rumors going around that we know that this is video game stuff, but again, grows, goes to, to the growth of the game. FIFA has lost the rights or EA lost the rights to FIFA this year and will no longer get the FIFA rights for the video games. 
But I saw recently that there's rumors that CONCACAF and some of the uh, South American teams are in uh, a partnership now with EA so that the CONCACAF teams like the MLS, like potentially the CPL and all those bigger competitions will then be able to be played in the, the video game from EA, meaning that these teams can also get the video game rights, extra uh, uh, revenue from these video games, and more people will then yeah. get exposed to the CONCACAF, CPL, MLS, and all these types of things, even more money for the future. So I think if that's true and we're getting a video game where we can play with Pacific FC and Forge, it's I possible. Think growth would be insane. Um, I, I mean, I know it's a completely different topic, but I have heard like the FIFA license kind of held back EA themselves because of mo- right. mo- money and sponsorship opportunities. Right. But yeah. 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 Growth in the game. Awesome. Love to hear it. Any last? Sorry, go ahead. Last question for you guys. Did you guys enjoy the final? Do you think it was a good Champions League? That's what I was going to (laughs) ask. I did. Mm-hmm. I, I know a lot of people were like, oh, it's sloppy. It's this and that. I thought that added to the game. Make the mistake. That's what's going to. These are two teams that are here for a reason. They're two teams that don't make mistakes. And we've seen from both sides, like Inter earlier in this match, just let Bernardo walk right in and, and take a shot. We saw the, the mistakes from Ederson and, and the back line from City at times. This was a fun game to watch for two teams that are nearly perfect the entire year so i thought it was i i had a lot of fun watching this match <laughs> um i think a little bit more enjoyable than last year's and more enjoyable than when uh, i think chelsea defeated city definitely more enjoyable than when liverpool defeated spurs in 2019 so it's, it's a, i mean if you look at the through the recent champions league finals this is the fourth one in a row that's been a one nil victory and the fifth one in a row that's been a clean sheet so finals are usually low scoring events so it's it's just what it is. I thought it was really good because mm-hmm. everyone was expecting City to come out and blow Inter out. And even when you watch City play Real Madrid against, again, Real Madrid, the kings of the Champions League, stacked team from top to bottom, like just the one of the best teams in the world. City was all over them, especially in that second leg, like all over them. And Inter found a way to kind of, deny city from doing that at a consistent level today. I was very impressed with inter again. I think that they lacked in their attack and that's what hurt them. And they were a bit unlucky at times city absolutely deserved it. They won the treble, but I I just, I enjoyed that game because it could have gone either way while you were watching. You know what I mean? At times, you know, city was, was kind of moving the ball and knocking it around and, you know, Rodri scored and then, Unfortunately, Inter hit the crossbar and Lukaku gets in the way, kind of like we already spoke about. But there was things happening where it could have gone either way. And you're kind of like watching intently till the last minute. And the better team all like from the year one. And I'm happy. I thought it was a great game. And I don't know why everyone expected it to be a five nil game. I, I don't know. Why. Oh, yeah. Gareth Bale had that prediction. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he yeah, did. That's, that's To me, that when people say stuff like that, it's because they don't watch Serie A and they haven't watched Interplay. There's no way Inter is going to let five goals in. Um, yeah. You know, so that's why I'm very proud of Inter. And I'm very proud of the Italian teams this year because they've done a solid job. So as a football fan who doesn't really care about either team, I really enjoyed today. And congratulations to Manchester City, the best team in the world. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Greg, go ahead. 
No, I'm just going to say not the greatest travel winners, but that's all right. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's weird. Um, I, I hope Italian football continues to rise and keep up yeah. with this renaissance because it was nice seeing Napoli compete further. AC yeah. Milan also in the mix. Inter, um, I, I don't know. The, who, who, who from Roma. Italy actually? Yeah, yeah Roma. Um, Serie A, who qualified from Italy this year? Uh, standings Napoli, Lazio, Inter, and AC Milan. So, Lazio, um, yeah, they got the second with 74 points. Thank goodness AC Milan made the cut. Thank anybody, as I always like to say, anybody but Juve. <laughs> we share the same feeling there. Those guys well, tomorrow. Champions League's over. Tomorrow we still have the biggest match in football. Spezia versus Verona. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what do we do now? International break's coming up. Yeah, you got the UEFA Nations League, which, I mean, also you got uh, Canada's playing soon. Yeah, that's true. MLS, anybody? (laughs) That's true. That's true. Get the hype. When When does Messi start? Not sure, but uh, Inter Miami plays Atlanta in about an hour. <laughs> you imagine Messi makes his debut tonight? That'd be insane. That would be, <laughs> that would be insane. insane. The media's not ready. No, goodness no. But either way, City's right, not my champions. I it'd be so. You know, Brett, we were was Brett and I were saying the day that Messi, like the news announced that Messi was going to MLS, was also the day that it was confirmed that Jude Bellingham was going to Real Madrid, and that news quickly got swept to yeah. the side, unfortunately for Jude Bellingham, because it was all about Messi. So it'd be <laughs> hilarious today if like. Man City win their first ever Champions League title, but Messi starts uh, <laughs> his first MLS game and no one cares about the Champions League anymore. It's like, how do we watch Messi play? And oh my gosh, he made his MLS debut. He has that power. Oh, Apple TV growth just went. Whoosh. Honestly, everyone's <laughs> got an Apple pass. Yeah, crazy, exactly. crazy. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of Kicked Back and Sunday League Pundits presented by Betway. I hope you guys enjoyed the Champions League. Let us know what you guys thought about the match and also Messi joining MLS. And I'm sure we'll be back as soon as something else crazy happens in football, which I give that less than 24 hours because this year there's always something happening. So we'll talk to you guys then. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 